Hi! Hi! And welcome to Creeps and Crime Storytime. My name is Charlie. My name is Sophie. And today we have part two of the Jodie Arias case. Um, we told the first half of the story last week. Mm-hmm. We did. And she's a massive bitch and a huge fucking psycho. She doesn't deserve much from this world. No! No! No, no she, she doesn't. doesn't. Um, no. So yeah, we're here with part two, and this is the last part. It's only a two-part of this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got it finished off and wrapped up. Ready to go. In a neat little package. So is there anything you want to announce? Is there anything that you need to... Mm. You know, we've had a follower since the very beginning that is I'd it... like to give a mini shout-out to. Is it our mom? No. <laughs> Who is it? It's Liam. Liam messages on Instagram. He does, yeah. Oh, okay. We speak very frequently and it's really cute. Oh, that's really nice. He was like one of our first five followers. Oh! And he's a colleague that I work with his partner. You've told me about yeah. him! Oh, yeah. that's so nice! Really I love cute. it when people like, like us. Yeah. Hi, Liam. Thanks Hi, Liam. for listening. And I hope that you us. enjoy it. And I hope yeah. that you hate Jodie Arrows. <laughs> and I hope that you really does. just enjoy listening to us <laughs> shit talk her for like the next hour. I'll give you an update when he messages in. Oh yeah, please will. do. Because Sophie looks at all of our social media so if mm, you talk to someone it's opinions. probably her. Yeah, um, it's me. It's most like every, every now and then I will go on and have yeah, a look and see what's going on. You have a peek and then like, but nope. I'm usually too busy writing <laughs> yeah. and researching yeah. to do social and real media. Life-ing. And yeah. No, not that. No, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, hi, follower number one. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I love how I just immediately hi. assumed we were talking about our mother. <laughs> no, <laughs> not quite. Um, but yeah, should we should we get started? Yeah, start. Okay, let's go. so last week we told you the first half of the absolutely wild, horrifyingly toxic relationship between Jody Arias and Travis. Travis? Fucking damn it. <laughs> And Travis Alexander that ended in death. It's been like two fucking weeks, so I'm going to do a light recap before Ooh, we dive back thank in. Thank you, yeah. Because in the first episode, foggy. we just focused mainly on their, just their relationship. Oh yeah, how turbulent it was. Yeah, so you turbulent. Know. Fucking yeah. hell. I know, it's understood. <laughs> so Travis and Jody met at a convention for the company they both worked for. Travis mm. was a rising star in the company, which is prepaid legal, multi-level yeah. marketing scheme. Mormon-centered. Mormon-centered. Um, and Jody was only yeah. a newbie. They were both looking to yeah. like make some fast cash. She was and like a fraudulent Mormon, wasn't she? Yeah, she was not a real genuine Mormon. No. She just wanted to fuck She's this guy Travis. So she was like, I'm just going to convert to Mormonism so I can mm. ride that dick. But they were not supposed to be riding any dicks Shaking because Mormons head. do no, not no. do sex before marriage. That's, That's not, not their the jam. Rules. It's not you don't like the rules, leave. But they didn't. I know. They didn't. So the chemistry was fucking instant. And despite (laughs) Travis's mom and lifestyle, he and Jody started an intense sexual relationship Mm. very quickly. Like super quickly. They just didn't stop. Less than three months later, Travis baptized her himself <laughs> into the Mormon church, which is not a metaphor. No, I know. He literally, literally baptized her. He just her. dumped her in he like dumped a, that bitch. a holy water bath and was like, you are christened. So Travis's friends didn't like Jodie. Good. At all. She was obsessive and problematic. She's so creepy. She followed him to the bathroom. She's so creepy. Eve dropped on his phone calls. She's so creepy. And logged into his email account to read his correspondence. She's so... Creepy. 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 So eventually, yeah. five months after they started dating, the two split up. So mm. their actual, like, official relationship yeah. was five months long. All of this bullshit. <laughs> 
all of this fucking bullshit was because yeah. of a five-month relationship, which is fucking insane. Yeah, when you put it in that perspective of It's just fucking nuts. Like, this fucking right woman, like, five months? Nothing. Like, if you're dating someone and you've only been dating them for five months... It's not a long time to date someone. That's a baby relationship. It That's is. nothing. You it's still fresh. don't really know that much about them after no. five months. No. Like, re- if you think about the grand scheme of things. Oh, yeah. Five months is not a lot of time. No. To really get to know someone. Years. Yeah. No, it takes time. So. A lot of time. But anyway, after this official relationship was over, they continued to see each other in secret. Mm-hmm. So Jody actually moved a thousand miles to be closer to him. And when he didn't invite her over for hookups, which he would frequently do, mm-hmm. because even though he didn't want to be her boyfriend anymore, yeah. he was like, I still want to shag her. Yeah. So he would He'll frequently be like, yeah, come over to my house. Him. Yeah. Um, She would go to great lengths to spend time with him. She would. Like, great lengths. Between late night booty calls, she would break into his house via his dog door, <laughs> bake cookies, and vacuum in the middle of the night, hide in his wardrobe, and all <laughs> kinds of other weird shit. <laughs> Just praying in the closet like, baptize me, Travis. So, Come on. she also spied on him no. while he was on dates, slashed his and his date's tires, and sent the girls in his life threatening emails. It's so gross. Like, how is how does one guy have that much of a hook on you? I don't care how good his parts might be, Charlie. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Don't even go with the like beautiful dick approach. I wasn't going to say that. You usually say that. I wasn't going to yeah, say think that. Think about that dong, Sophie. I like, wasn't. No. <laughs> oh my god. No. I wasn't no. going to say that. She's gonna learn to move. The problem on from is things. with her. She's just really obsessive. Remember yeah. how when she was a teenager, she had a she had a boyfriend basically since she was fifteen. Yeah, like she just sort of cycled through them like handbags. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. just always had to have a guy. I love handbags. I kind of take that personally. I'm just... You know what I mean, though? I respect my handbags. So it's different. (laughs) God. (laughs) So she moved back to California, Mm. and things seemed over for good this time. But as with every story we cover, things continue to turn sour. You're right. So if it was over for good this time, we wouldn't have made a podcast about it. No, we wouldn't. Jodie made a plan. She rented a car, borrowed gas cans, dyed her hair, and made a long, long road trip to Utah to meet her new boyfriend. Now, is this where she was suggested to have a red car and she chose white? Or is it the other way around? Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So the guy was was like, I've got a nice shiny red car. And she was like, no thanks. I'll have this nondescript white one, please. (laughs) (laughs) He goes with their French nails. (laughs) Yeah. So she didn't want to be too obvious by having a big red fucking beacon. And you have it in white. Yeah. So... While she was on the road, she would be uncontactable for 24 hours and Travis would be killed. And this is where we're picking up from. We left off right yeah. there last time. Oh yeah, you did, because you really disappointed me when it stopped. Yeah, you were a bit annoyed about it. But we're here now. We're back! Yep. We're here now to carry on. Woo-hoo. So, Jodie was missing for the whole of the 4th of June, 2008. Mm. She, like, the whole day she was completely gone. So she arrived with Ryan Burns on the 5th of June and she was, according to him, yeah. completely normal. Ugh, that's eerie. That is fucking weird. So she arrived in Utah, mm-hmm. 5th of June, Yeah. Ryan Burns, new boyfriend. Yeah. And she was really normal. She was really affectionate and cuddly and kissy and mm. normal. Completely normal. When, when Nothing you said, was wrong. When you said those dates, I was kind of thinking... I wonder what I was doing that day where I had no idea this was going on. And then he'll have had, obviously, no idea that was going on. But he yep. was going through a normal day. Yeah. It's so creepy. Yeah. 
there was nothing unusual about her behaviour whatsoever, mm. according to him. Um, the only slightly strange thing was that Jodie had two bandages on her hands. Mm. Apparently she dropped a glass at work and cut herself on it, is what she said to him. There was even one part of their time together when she saw a spider and asked him not to kill it. Well, that's good. The thing is, though, when he learned everything else later on, he found that exchange particularly chilling. Considering yeah. what she literally just finished doing right before she arrived at his house. Yeah. She was like, oh, don't kill that spider. And she's literally slaughtered her fucking boyfriend like a yeah. pig. I was going to say like a pig. Damn, I should have just said it. Well, I said it. I know you did. Thank Twinning. you. <laughs> so back in Mesa, Arizona, Travis's roommate Zach and Enrique hadn't seen Travis for a few days. Mm-hmm. So Travis was due to go to Cancun on a trip. Oh, Do you remember course. the Cancun yes. trip with that nice lady? With the nice lady, Mimi. Yeah. Mimi. Oh, so cute. <laughs> so Mimi, yes. So Zach and Travis. Zach and Travis. <laughs> so Zach and Enrique assumed that Travis had already left because mm. they didn't see him around for a few days. Yeah. They knew that he was due to go to Mexico, and they Fair were enough. like, "Oh, he's clearly gone to Mexico. Yeah. He was going well, to that thing in that place." So they didn't think much of not seeing him around. They were no. like, "Oh, this is fine. He's just gone on holiday." No. There was even a weird smell. Great, we but love they weird didn't smells. think. <laughs> fucking hell! No, we don't. I would have been like, really bad at this. I would not have had a fucking clue. I'd have been annoyed. I've been like, I need to know what the smell is. I wouldn't have noticed. I would be so bad. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, because my sinuses don't work. Obviously, just because this was three guys living together, it could have just been dirty dishes, so they didn't think that much of it. So, Mimi was due to go to Cancun with Travis. Mm. So, the two of them met at a Mormon singles event, and even though they went on a date, they didn't really have the chemistry. Although, the thing is, Travis thought there was chemistry, but Mimi did not. No. Do you remember? Yeah, she was kind of like, yeah, I'm not really interested in that. Yeah, so she was perfectly happy to keep seeing Travis as a friend, but he wanted more. He Mm. actually invited her as his plus one on the Cancun trip, but the trip was getting closer and she hadn't heard from him for a few days. That's a bit odd. Kind of. So Mimi last heard from Travis on the 2nd of June. Mm. One week later, on the 9th of June, she became concerned when she didn't see him at church as usual. Ah, okay. So this, coupled with the fact that he wasn't answering her texts or calls, made her concerned. Mm. So Mimi went to his house. There was no answer at the door. Yeah. So Mimi called another friend, Michelle. Michelle came over and the two pounded on the front door together. That's good. You know. Turns out roommate Zach was home. Oh, cool. He was watching a movie with his girlfriend and didn't hear the door the first time. Oh, come on. <laughs> so Zach said that he saw Travis about five days before. He thought yeah. that he was on the Cancun trip, which is why he hadn't seen him around. Mm-hmm. After all, Travis's door was locked and it oh, looked like he'd gone away. However... Mimi explained, actually, I'm supposed to go on this trip with him, and I've not heard anything. That sent me cold here in that. Yeah. Oh, no. So concern began to mount, and the group went upstairs to Travis's locked bedroom door. Mm -hmm. Zach got a spare set of keys and cautiously opened the door, and was horrified to just see blood. I'm so nervous. So Zach ventured into the bedroom and saw more blood, far too much. Mm. He peered into the bathroom and saw Travis on the floor of the shower. He was nude and clearly deceased. He hurried out, back to the others waiting to hear what was behind the door, and told Mimi to call the police. And I will play an excerpt of the phone call now. So I have the 911 call. Oh, nice. I will play it. So I'm going to play all of this for Sophie and probably just trim it to the bits that we need Mm. for this. So I'll play the whole thing for you, and then we'll edit one. 
Okay, so we'll stop there. Yeah, of course. So, Travis had begun to decompose because he'd been deceased for five days. Mm-hmm. This was not an easy scene for his friends to stumble upon. No. I feel so terrible for the roommate being the one to discover his body. This whole thing is just awful. Yeah. This whole thing is awful. So, I'm going to discuss injuries now. So, if you are uncomfortable listening to injuries in detail, please skip. Mm-hmm. Skip, skip ahead a few minutes. So we'll get started. So Travis was found in an almost fetal position. The shower was a stand-up shower stall, so it wasn't big right. enough for him to lie flat. Yeah. So he was kind of curled up, Aww. and he was not wearing any clothes. Mm. The autopsy report lists a high number of sharp force injuries, which are stab wounds inflicted with oh. a knife, as well as defensive wounds on Travis's palms and fingers, showing that he fought with his attacker. He also had stab wounds on his head, neck, torso and basically all his limbs oh it always <clears throat> sorry it kind of goes through me a bit when it's not an attack on someone's face it's the head it's like the rest of the head that's been stabbed yeah you know i, I mean? think like something there's something really really awful about I think something it's ex- especially gross see. for me about being stabbed in your head because the skin is so thin so like yeah. as soon as the knife goes into the skin it's just hitting bone straight like, away. There There's something be... about that that's like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. like I can't I stand it. that. Like no. you can see it. Oh. I just hate it. So yeah. he was stabbed a total of twenty seven times. And mm. some of the stab wounds to his head actually caused defects to his skull. Aww. So he also had his throat cut savagely. Like 
savagely. The autopsy describes this as, quote, a gaping, oblique, deep incised wound across the anterior upper neck, perforation of the entire upper airway, strap muscles of the neck, right jugular vein, and right carotid artery, end quote. So basically what that means is his entire neck was opened up. Yeah. So it cut through all the fleshy and cartilage parts before reaching the spine. She's so disgusting. all the way from the front of his neck through mm-hmm. to the back where his spine is, it yeah. was just completely open. Just wide open, yeah. Yeah. So one of the many wounds to his torso actually punctured the superior vena cava, which is one of the massive veins that returns deoxygenated blood to the heart. Oh, wow. Okay, so the so- injury was right at where the vessel meets the heart, and piercing this would, in medical terms, mean yeah. that you are fucked. Does that mean, like, you'd bleed out quickly from that? Yes. Because it's right there yeah. in the heart. So, yeah, so you know how, obviously, the heart pumps blood around your body, and your blood goes in, like, a sort of, in, like, a sort of circular system around your body. So yeah. the oxygenated blood is full of oxygen, mm-hmm. and leaves your heart, and then it goes on a journey, blah, 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 all the way around. <laughs> and me. then, by the time it gets back to the heart, there's no yeah. oxygen left in it, because it's been used up around your body, yeah. and then... When the blood gets back to your heart, mm-hmm. it is refilled with oxygen and so on and so on. You know this, right? So complicated, but yeah. So <laughs> the the vein that was cut um, was mm-hmm. at where the blood is returning to the heart, and it was right at the point mm-hmm. where it meets the heart itself. Ooh, gosh. So there would have been like a lot of force there yeah. for the. There would have been a lot of force, like in the in the pulse. There, I'm explaining this terribly. I'm very tired. I'm I'm really sleepy. Just looking at me with those big blue eyes, and it was like very. I'm trying to very, get my words and out, like, and I can't. I kind of get you, but very what? Basically, <laughs> it was a devastating injury. To have. Yeah, he was fucked. Yeah, he was proper fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, as if stabbing Travis twenty-seven times and then almost cutting his head off was not enough, he had Ooh. also been shot in the head. I fucking why why like you've already done you've got you get so much aggression out through the stabbing why then shoot so a gunshot wound was found above his right eyebrow and the bullet was recovered from inside his left cheek oh no the autopsy report states that there was of course if the bullet was recovered from inside him no exit wound and the wound trajectory is right to left and downwards Right. If the trajectory is downwards, this indicates that the gun was fired from above Travis. They were up. As Travis was decomposed by the time he was discovered, he was quite decomposed, the brain yeah. could not be examined in enough detail to determine whether the bullet had caused significant damage to it or not. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that, yeah. It's a bit mushy. Yeah. So Sorry, basically, yeah. yeah. So basically, his brain, the brain matter, had started to decompose. Yeah. So when examining it, it was not clear whether anything had passed through it or not because oh. it was just not as it was. Yeah, it was not quite <laughs> shapely. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at least they tried. They yeah, they had a good look around in there and yeah. they just couldn't figure it out. So the autopsy report says, quote, without gross evidence of significant intracranial hemorrhage or apparent cerebral injury, end quote. But it's worth noting that the pathologist on the stand later on said mm. that he would have been surprised if this gunshot wound would not have incapacitated Travis. Yeah. I mean it you said a lot of big words there. It sounds bad. It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> None of this is good. No, 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 no. So, the thing is, whether this single injury would have been enough to down him, or whether the bullet Mm. passed through the inside of his face without damaging the brain is not known. 
I am going to return to this because there's a oh. point I want to make about this later on, but I'm going to get to it. However, all the injuries combined paint a clear picture. This scene is complete overkill. Yes, that's the word. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There overkill. are at least three injuries here that could potentially have caused his death all on their own. Yeah. So the puncture to the vein at the base of his heart, the Oof. throat wound, and the gunshot wound. Mm. All three of these could have killed him, just one. Yeah. But... All three of these were inflicted upon him, plus almost 30 other wounds and many more bruises. It's abundantly clear that the person who caused Travis's death was able to inflict a monumental level of violence against him, which is something that would have taken a great deal of time, effort and deliberation to inflict. Yeah. Actually, stop and think about it for a minute. If you're listening, please stop and think about the effort and intent, particularly the intent it would take Mm. to stab someone with a knife. 30 times. That's a lot. The effort, to, the effort to cut through someone's throat, through the airway, through the jugular, through the cartilage. Mm-hmm. Thinking about this is quite difficult. And it fucking should be. Yeah. But the person who did all this was able to do all of these things and then go curl up with her new boyfriend, completely happy and normal, and insist that he didn't squash a spider. Shaking my head. No one can see you shaking your head. I know, that's why I'm telling you. <laughs> So, that's the kind of person that we're dealing with in this story. So the kind of person creepy. that creeps into your life through your dog door and yeah. refuses to let go of you. Looks in your closet and then kills you. So, yeah. the blood evidence was everywhere. Blood mm-hmm. had pooled and dried in the shower and an ominous dark red trail led down the hallway to the bathroom itself. Mm. At the end of this trail, dark patches could be seen in the otherwise clean cream carpet and in the hallway to the bedroom by the bedroom door police found a decently sized blood spot with a palm print on it. So for this print to have been left, the blood must have been at the tacky stage of drying, indicating that whoever left it there when the blood was still reasonably fresh Mm. didn't call for aid. Yeah. Travis was bleeding out at this point, Mm -hmm. and the person who left that palm print there didn't help him, didn't call anyone to assist. They just left. They just left. So police also found multiple human hairs in the dried blood that did not belong to Travis because they were too long. Ew. A used shell casing from a twenty-five caliber gun was found on the bathroom floor by the sink. Remember Jody's grandparents had their twenty-five caliber gun stolen very recently? I'm confused though because if... Oh wait, no. Does the shell come off when you fire the bullet? Yes. And that's why yeah. only if it was in his cheek. Yeah. So <laughs> when you fire a gun... The shell casing is ejected. Yeah. The bullet itself comes out through the barrel of the gun and yeah. into whatever you're shooting. Yeah. So the bullet is what was lodged in his cheek. The yeah. shell casing was ejected from the gun and landed on the floor. Okay, cool. Does that make sense? Yeah. Excellent. Right. So, <laughs> the police also found some rather interesting evidence in the washing machine. <laughs> Have you remembered what this is? How could I forget? <laughs> you it's so fucking dumb. So... And it's Jesus. this evidence that's become a massive talking point for this case. And it's become, like, the very scandalous... It's... it's He's bewildering. It's become a huge scandalous thing amongst the pearl clutches, both in and out of the Mormon community. Mm, so, along with course, various yeah. items of Travis's clothes, detectives also found a camera in the washing machine. Oh. A digital camera. Oh, really? With the memory card inside it. Oh, tell me more. It was damaged, as though it had been through the wash along with the clothes, but police were able to extract photos. She gives massive the files are in the computer energy with this. 
Do you see? <laughs> I fucking see. She's oh my girl. god. So along. Nope. I read that. <laughs> so we will talk about the photos in a bit. Okay. But I want to briefly mention the clothes that were found in the washing machine oh. first. So there was a medium-sized t-shirt in there and some socks and a towel soaked in blood that did not come out in the wash. <gasps> The t-shirt was a medium, and Travis was quite a big guy. So yeah, some people great. think that this was Jodie's murder outfit. Oh, great. Why the So socks? she wore the t-shirt... I'll get them. <laughs> so she wore the t-shirt to avoid getting blood on herself, and she wore socks so that she didn't leave bloody footprints throughout the house. Because if you're in bare feet, yeah. and you walk around with blood on your feet, you can leave footprints that can be traced back to you specifically. If you're wearing socks... They're just socks. Just put socks over your shoes. Then don't kill him bare feet. I'm just saying. <laughs> she wore socks. And some people think this was so she didn't leave her like little toe prints around the house. I think she's just got a habit of washing her socks. I mean, you should have a habit of washing your socks. I know, but she definitely does. Even at critical times like this, she's like, socks, in you go. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the hallway showed signs of a clean-up. And there were smears on the floor that seemed as though someone decided, you know what, there's just too much blood. <laughs> I can't be bothered cleaning this completely. So oh, this wow. is where the towel comes in. Ah, the the towel, towel was used to wipe the blood on the floor, but there were so many injuries that it was just too fucking hard. Wow, so everything was scooped up and chucked in the wash with some bleach. God, it's lazy. So the camera got sent off to get examined properly to see if anything could be taken from it. Mm. Obviously, it had a lot of damage from both the water and the bleach that was used in the washing machine. Mm, in the meantime, yes. Travis's friends were all saying the same thing to the police. Yeah. Look at Jodie Arias. Mm. So if you were Jodie Arias and I'll you just killed your hands. ex-boyfriend that you've been stalking for ages and mm. you'd driven all the way to Utah and back to California and wanted to get away with it, what would you do? I, personally, yeah. would probably lay pretty fucking low. Yeah, I'd go off the grid. I would keep my head down, I would hope nobody notices me, and yeah. try my best just to get on with my ship. Mm-hmm. Well, not Jody. No. Police found that on Travis's answer phone, there were messages left from his friends trying to get in touch, asking if he's okay, and there was one on there from Jody too. Oh, great. So this would have been... Right after she left Travis's, after killing him on the 4th of June, and mm. before she arrived at Ryan's place on the 5th. Yeah. So basically, she's just murdered Travis. She's yeah. on the road, driving to Ryan Burns' house mm-hmm. in Utah. The new boyfriend. The yeah. new boyfriend, yeah. And she and she calls him and leaves a message. It's so gross. You it's know. so gross. It so reminds me... Yeah, friend. it reminds me of the Scott Peterson, the Hey Beautiful yeah. message. Yeah. It's uh, that like... Hey, no. Like no one's gonna believe that you think they're still alive just no. because you leave a voicemail. Like, no one's gonna think that. No one's that stupid. She managed yeah. to keep herself fairly quiet for like a few days. So while she was waiting for someone to find Travis's body, she just sort of didn't mention it. She was yeah. like, "I'm just gonna not mention that Travis is dead." Yeah. So she she was actually informed that Travis had been found dead on the evening of the ninth. So the day that his body, so his body was found on the ninth. Right. A few hours after that in the evening, yeah. someone told Jodie, Travis is dead. Right? Right. She immediately involved herself. Oh, as they do. As narcissistic sociopaths all want to do. Fucking the dwarfs. first thing she did was call Detective Flores, who is the guy in charge of this case, yeah. who missed her call because it was really late. <clears throat> but he called her back the next day on the 10th. Yeah. So he was like, oh, cool. 
I'll call this person back because all these friends are saying, hey, look at this woman and she's just left me a voicemail. She's saying, just volunteered herself Hey, I'm going to gonna involve myself in the case like murderers Let do. Let me know if I can help. So this is typical of murderers inserting themselves into investigations. We've seen mm-hmm. it over and over again when people help search, when they talk to the police, talk to the media, when yeah. they're being overly helpful. Mm-hmm. And it happens here to the surprise of fucking no one. <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody at all so jody told detective steve flores that she talked to travis on tuesday the 3rd of june yeah also detective flores i've seen him referred to referred to i've seen him <laughs> referred to as steve flores and i think or his full name is esteban flores esteban. so steve yeah might be like a shortened nickname yeah, like, but i'm sure i've seen middle. yeah but cool. so i'm just gonna call him detective flores because okay, i've fair. seen both you both names used and i mm. just want to call him detective flores because i don't know which is his favorite so um so (laughs) she last talked to travis on tuesday the 3rd of june so six days before he's found dead yeah so basically she's saying the day before i killed him i spoke to him (laughs) on the 3rd of june and he was so alive he was he was super alive yeah and she even mentioned that her phone records would back it up so she literally calls the detective like hey i just want to help you out i know this guy who died I spoke to him on Tuesday the 3rd and my phone records will prove it. Here's all the things that yeah. will make you stop looking at me. Yeah, so you she said that she me, and right? Travis keep in regular contact and they'd even been making plans to travel together. They mm. went on loads of trips over the last year. She volunteered the information that he got his tires last last year and she was so worried about him because somebody was after him. Did she that it was her or did she just admit that bit? No, but she did say that she was so worried about him and that she'd been telling him that he should lock his doors. <laughs> I mean, she probably had told him that. The thing is, his doors were locked. She routinely crawled in through the dock door because the doors were locked. Yeah. The audacity of this lady is insane. So Flores decided that Jody was a person of interest. Yeah. He immediately was like, hmm, so this is weird. So he kept her on his radar and he was obviously getting like really bad vibes from her. Oh, for sure, because she kept calling. Yeah. Like, so he was like, stuff uh. I know. So on the 13th of June, which is four days after Travis's body had been found, right. and nine days after Jody had killed him, yeah. she made a memorial post for him on her MySpace page. Her page is actually archived, so Ooh. you could go to her MySpace profile and have a look around it. Wow. Which is really that's, that's cringy. Rare, though. It's really me. cringy and weird. Um, it's also really sinister once you know what she did. Yeah, it's going to be a bit weird now you've got like some. some it's like a weird time capsule. Yes! Yeah. So and her okay. status left forever as spoiler alert, you can't change your MySpace profile from jail Ooh. reads quote Jody Arias Mrs. Travis. See you soon, my friend, but not soon enough. End quote. It's so cringy and disgusting, I'm gonna vomit. Yeah, it's really not soon enough. Her mood is listed Jody could choose a mood. <gasps> yeah. So her mood I is listed that. as melancholy. And she created <laughs> a new photo album called In Loving Memory of Travis Alexander. There are 25 photos in there, and most of them are selfies in various places what? on trips that they've been to. Selfies of her or of him? Of both of them together. I was going to say. So what? the thing is, the photos aren't viewable. They're just like little grey thumbnails, but yeah. the captions are there, so you can Aww. see what they are. That's nice and if most it was of, a genuine Yeah, post. and most of the captions is, is stuff like, me and Travis in this place, and me and Travis in that place, and blah, blah, blah. Just being a snowflake. <gasps> oh, yeah. Sorry, I had you on. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. I might just leave that in there so people know I'm sleepy. Do it, man. <laughs> so if I seem like a bit off kilter today, I'm just really tired. Um, it's very cute. 
Yeah, so I couldn't get the images to display for me, but if you go and have a look mm. and you can, then great. Yeah, do it. A few days later after this, on the 16th of June, the Mesa police got some evidence back from the camera they found Ooh. in the washing machine. <gasps> oh, the pictures, yes, yes, yes. So the pictures came back. Yeah. So, the camera. The photos were actually deleted from the camera, but were able to be recovered from the SD card itself. Mm-hmm. So the little memory card inside the camera had the photos on it. Yeah. So Jodie deleted them from the camera. Yeah. She didn't look on the memory card because she's a Stupid. fucking idiot. That's that's basic. And it's really, really good that they were there because they're very damning. Yes, they are. So there were an assortment of sexual photos taken of each of them. Jodie and Travis. Oh my god, I'm yawning again. <laughs> Holy shit. How dare you. It's way past my bedtime. So... Yeah, there was an assortment of sexual photos taken of each Jodie and Travis and some of them together. Mm-hmm. The photos were timestamped with the 4th of June, the date of Travis's death, around 1.40pm. A few hours after the photos of the two being intimate, mm-hmm. more photos were taken on the camera. And this is when we get into the actual crime itself. Yes. So from 5.22pm to 5.33pm, so 11 minutes, there yeah. are 19 more photos. So the first 16 of these are nude photos of Travis taken in the shower. They're clearly supposed to be, like, artsy. Like candid ones? Yeah, kind of, like, Mm. not candid. They're quite posed. Yeah. But I mean, like, in natural poses. Yeah, he's not dead. Well, duh, but I mean, like, it's not intentional glamour shots. Yeah, it is. Oh, so he is very posed. That's what I just said. (laughs) See, I'm tired. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So... I think perhaps this was Jodie's idea to get him naked and vulnerable. Yeah, well, we can assume if yeah. she's taken the photos that she's still clothed and she's not vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps she wanted to make art from the last few moments of Travis's life. Maybe. Maybe a bit of both. We don't know. I, yeah. Because, like, she kind of fancied herself a bit of a photographer. She did. So she might have thought that, like, having these images of, like, what she knew was going to be the last few minutes of his yeah, life and he didn't, he know, didn't that. know that. Yeah. So... The 16th photo, the last photo of Travis alive, is of him sitting down in the shower. The 17th photo, taken 74 seconds later, so 1 minute 14 seconds, after a picture of Travis sitting alive and well on the shower floor, is a shot of the bathroom ceiling. And the the top of the shower stall. That's eerie. So the top rim of the shower and the ceiling. Is taken a minute and 14 seconds after the one of him chilling in the shower. I feel like an altercation. The prosecution believes that this is where Jodie dropped the camera Mm. and the attack on Travis began. Yeah. One minute and two seconds after this photo, the next one is taken. The camera is clearly on the floor, facing down the hallway towards the bedroom. Oh, it's creepy yeah so you can see the back of travis's shoulder he's lying on his back feet towards the bedroom door and head towards the camera and the bathroom his head is raised off the floor so he's lying on his back yeah like body facing to turn towards the ceiling and his head is like up like this so a large amount of blood is coming over his shoulder gosh like a large amount of blood is just like cascading down the back of his shoulder yeah. on the floor. In the immediate foreground, you can see Jodie's foot. Ooh, oh, So she is wearing dark sweatpants with a white stripe down the side. Yeah. The last photo was taken 76 seconds after this one. So 1 minute 16 after this. That's awful. And it shows the skirting board where the wall meets the floor in the hallway. 
Yeah. And you can see Travis's shoulder, and it appears that he is slightly erased off the floor. That's so sad. So I couldn't decide whether to talk through the prosecution's theory of events now as we go through the photos mm. and my theory as to what happened or to go over that when we get to the trial. And I think I'm going to wait until we get to the trial, mm. but we are going to come back to these photos okay? because I want to talk more about it. Awesome. So anyway, this is what the police were faced with. They just got this back yeah. and they were like, fuck, this mm. is really intense. So the day after the police got the photos back from analysis, they got Jody to go to the Mesa Police HQ and she willingly gave her fingerprints for comparison. Did she give her palm print? Yes. Good. Compare she was print. extremely convinced that her fingerprints would be all over Travis's house anyway. Well, duh. She kept Seeing crawling in she, there. Yeah, so she... <laughs> <laughs> my fingerprints are going to be all over the floor where I keep crawling around Especially on the floor. Especially that dog door. Yeah. damn. So, I mean, she'd been to see him so many times. Mm-hmm. You know, my fingerprints, my hair, my DNA is going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. What she didn't know, however, was that the police had a palm print in blood. I'm she so didn't know that. They had that. <laughs> there was no way for that print to have got there unless the person who left it was present when Travis was losing blood. Mm-hmm. Impossible. So Jody obviously told the police that she last saw Travis in person in April. So she, no, she told, but she told no, the police no. that she last saw him in real life in April. That's such a bad lie. The photos that the police got back no. prove that this was a total fabrication, no. and they weren't really looking at anyone else with suspicion. Now they were no. like, "Fuck, mm-hmm. it's fucking you." <laughs> so a few days after this, on the twenty-first of June, Travis's family and friends had his funeral in his hometown of Riverside, California, Aww. and Jody did not attend. Good. An online memorial page for Travis has over five thousand messages left on it. The most recent that I could find was the yeah. end of December two thousand twenty-one. Oh wow! So people haven't forgotten him. No. So people that's are still good. hearing this story and are yeah. interested in the person that he was. Good. I'm so glad. five days after his funeral, yeah. a memorial was held in Mesa in Arizona for his local community. So it's like Mormon community and his friends, like the local people that he lived nearby. That's good. Such grace. Jodie was still around after giving her fingerprints to police, so she went along to the memorial service. I can't imagine how awkward it must have been for his friends. It must have been really awkward. Because all of Travis's friends at this point knew... That Jody know. had at least something to do with his death. Yeah. They knew that he had something They'll to know. do with it. Yeah. And if her MySpace wasn't insufferable enough, she right. must have been even worse in person, yeah. playing the part of this grieving ex-girlfriend. Oh, me. I'm so sad I miss him. Blah, blah, blah. The same day as the memorial, Mesa police were fucking busy. Wow. So the forensics lab had got back to them that day. So yeah. the same day as the memorial, the mm-hmm. results of the bloody palm print were back. Oh, wow. They compared it to the prints that she gave them, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was left by her. Her hair was also found embedded in some blood patches. That was proven to be her as well. That's so incriminating. And some of her own blood was mixed in with Travis's in several places. From, obviously, the cuts on her hands where she cut herself as she was stabbing him. That would have been with that She then bled. Yeah. And that was hers. I know, but it's just a bit more So there was just a huge mountain of evidence, basically. Mm. So any doubt the police might have had that Jodie committed this crime were gone. (laughs) And also, in a rather exciting coincidence, yeah. Jodie was indicted by a grand jury on her birthday, July 9th, <gasps> of first-degree murder charges, and she was arrested six days later. So on her 29th Amazing. birthday, this grand jury was like, fuck her. <laughs> fuck her. She <laughs> fucking did it. Prison. <laughs> so. I love it. 
Six days after that, on July 15th, Detective Flores went all the way to California to take her into custody and arrested her at her grandparents' house. That's so Where cool. she stole that gun from. Yeah. So the videos of her interrogation after she was arrested are fascinating and probably some of the most watched police custody videos of recent true crime history. Yeah. They're all on YouTube. I do advise having yeah. a look. They're really interesting. They're good so to watch. So she's sitting in the small interrogation room, which looks more like a small office meeting room than some kind of police cell. Mm. Yeah. It's quite cozy. So she's sitting in a chair with her head leaning down on the table. Her hands are handcuffed behind her back. So she gets off the chair. So she's obviously been plonked in this room (laughs) while she's waiting for the police to come and chat with her. Mm -hmm. So she gets off the chair and sits on the floor and she leans her back on the wall behind her. So she's comfortable enough in this scenario to get off the chair that the police put her in to go and like rearrange herself somewhere that she'd be more comfortable. Do you know how she was sat on her legs? When she was on the chair, she was just sitting on her butt. Yeah, but then when she sat on the floor. She had her legs out in front of her. Oh, okay. It just, it was kind of reminiscent of how Travis was in the shower. Oh, I see. It just reminded yeah, me of no, that. Yeah, no, not So she just like No, basically this chair it. was not very comfortable, so she just made herself more comfortable. Oh. Which like, you've just been arrested for first degree murder. Are you fucking kidding me? She's not all there. She, no, so, by she's all means, nuts. make herself compete. <laughs> so shortly after this, a female employee of the California police comes in and asks her to sit back on the fucking chair. Good. So she must have been watching this and was like, sit the fuck back down properly. Yeah. So Jody asks if she can have her handcuffs removed and the officer is like, <laughs> no, Detective Flores told you already he will do it when he's ready. Yeah. So already at this point, Jody's realizing that not everybody is going to be buying the shit that she's selling. And people will be correcting their behavior. Exactly. Finally. So Detective Flores comes in after a couple more minutes and sits down opposite her, takes off her handcuffs and introduces himself properly. Mm. So he explains that he's come quite a long way and wants to take her statements. And he also explains that she is not free to leave and proceeds to read Jody her rights. Hell yeah. So a couple of minutes into Flores talking to her, Jody interrupts him to ask if the meeting is being recorded. That's all she can bother to think about? Yeah, so in this room, there's the two chairs and there's like a, a table in the middle. It's like a round coffee table. And behind mm-hmm. Jody, there's like another little like side table and it's got a lamp on it and some papers and some random bits of stuff. Yeah, just stuff. Yeah, so she reaches behind her to this little table where there's mm-hmm. a couple of dictaphone type things. Yeah. And she takes one yeah. and hands it to Flores. While she's cuffed. No, 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 because he took the handcuffs off her at this point. But he's like, yeah, so she's like, oh, are you recording it? Here, here's a recorder on this table, because she's so helpful. That's not her place to touch his things. No, exactly, but it's just like... It's so gross how she's comfortable. She's so comfortable, and she's... But she's just trying to be, like, all helpful and innocent, and teehee, I'm just a nice lady. Yeah. And it's fucking weird. But she's also not super smart because no. she doesn't seem to realise the camera in the corner of the room that's pointing at her mm-hmm. is recording everything. Whatever. Only <laughs> seven minutes after Flores comes into the room for the first time. So he's only been there for seven minutes, <laughs> oh my right? God. And yeah. he starts telling Jody that all of Travis's friends are telling him that she fucking did it. Wow. He's not fucking around. No. He wants her to know that they all know she did it. So she talks about moving back to Wairika after realising that she missed a lot of things about her siblings and she starts to get a bit teary-eyed here, which I'm not convinced is genuine. It sounds like she's derailed 
intentionally. Yeah, so I think... Oh, she goes off a lot. So yeah. while she's talking to him and while he's asking her questions, she just... She starts answering the question yeah. and then she sort of starts talking about something else and then tells, like, a story about something. Great. Kind of like... You know how, like, I do it? But she's doing it to intentionally be a cunt. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking, Charlie does that, you know, maybe now and again. Yeah. But not in a crazy killer kind of way. <laughs> no, not in a crazy killer kind of way. Nah. In a way that she's just trying to talk about anything else. Mm-hmm. She's trying to change the conversation yeah. constantly. Whereas mm-hmm. I change the conversation by accident. You do. She's clearly doing it oh, to yeah. try and get the conversation away from the fact that she killed Travis. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's really obvious. But mm-hmm. she's totally, like, fake crying here. And I think <laughs> she's trying to show Flores that she's really caring and loves her family and she's innocent. And it's like, maybe I'm just a callous bitch, but that's what I think. I don't think she's really crying. No, I don't think she's crying. So she also says that she didn't know about... Do you remember Lisa? Mm, no. So Lisa is the girl that Travis mm-hmm. dated briefly while he was sleeping with Jodie. Oh. Lisa was the nice Mormon girl that didn't know much about how yeah, sex works. Yeah, she got offended by the hook. No, she got offended by his erection. Oh, wow. Do you remember <laughs> we talked about this? A, my brain is like, a hug. It was a hug, Sophie. But yeah, no. Yeah. I, did she get weirded out with a hug, though? Or something? I'm sure it was just a small interaction like that. No. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they have a guess. That's the end of the podcast. No, so so Lisa is a girl that um, Travis dated after he broke up with Jodie. He started dating Lisa, but he mm-hmm. still kept seeing Jodie on the side because yeah. Lisa was a Mormon and didn't want to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. So he was having sex with Jodie yeah. while he was dating this girl, Lisa. Yes. So, and the thing is, Jodie was stalking the shit out of him and was following them around on their first date do you remember that jody followed them on their first date yeah well she told detective flores that she didn't know anything about lisa until travis had told her about her oh come on but it's like you stalked her from the beginning yeah and you knew you were stalking her exactly so this is just a huge lie she's lying about everything so flora seems to try to like take jody's side to try and like eke anything out of her yeah so he says that travis was a bit of a player and Mm. he portrayed himself as one way while behaving another way yeah. He also said that Travis didn't treat Jodie like a girlfriend, he treated her like a secret. That's kind of true. The thing is, both of these things are of kind that. of true. Yeah. And he's trying to make these points to be like, I'm the good cop, I'm on your side, you yeah. can tell me things. Mm-hmm. And Jodie's going, like I said before, Jodie is going off topic a lot. <laughs> so she starts telling all these stories about when she visited Chris and Sky Hughes, when a car broke down and she got a flat tire, and she's off and on a lot of different topics. And this lasts for fucking ages. That's so they start talking about Jodie's road trip to Utah to meet Ryan and oh, Flores asks yeah. her about the car. So when mm. she starts going off on her random stories, Flores will sort of like be like, but let's talk about this. Yeah, and he will this. Yeah, and he will steer her back onto topic quite a lot. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. he sort of lets her talk. Yeah. To let her feel like she's talking. Yeah. Without actually letting her derail anything. Yeah. Herself. He's still steering it. Yeah. So he's clearly really good at this. Oh, yeah. So yeah. she confirms that she rented a white four-door Ford, <laughs> and they confirm that she went to Monterey and Pasadena, and she didn't go straight to Utah. But right. which way did she go from there? So know. she says that she was supposed to go on the 15 and go all the way up. Okay. She says that she got lost 
and slept in the car. <laughs> and she actually offered to draw Flores a map of where she went and said she ended up. She was like, I'll draw you a map. I'll show you where I went. She's so helpful. Okay. She's just so helpful. No one else. So she took his fucking big pen and a piece <laughs> and of A4 it. print. No, she didn't eat it. <laughs> no, I know. So, so she drew like this little stick map of like where she went. Basically, yeah. For I real. just imagine like little magic people with a smiley face with an arrow saying me, car. Maybe. And I don't know. I didn't see the map. I just saw the little CCTV thing. You of never them. know. Flores at this point took the piece of paper with this little shitty map on it and he got this big pen and he wrote out a timeline <laughs> of when she left, say Monday the 2nd left home and then he writes down this timeline yeah up until we get to thursday the 5th which is arriving at ryan burns's house Mm. and he writes down all the things that she said she did and then in the middle somewhere between there's like 20 and 15 hours which are totally unaccounted for even if you take into consideration her sleeping twice and getting stranded which she says happened. Mm-hmm. So he went with her timeline that she said, the things that he already knows for sure, mm-hmm. wrote it all down and was like, hey, Jody, there's fucking 20 hours missing here yeah. where nothing is accounted for. And conveniently, yeah. these missing hours are right when Travis was killed. Oh. Her phone was Oof. turned off at exactly that time. On his timeline, Flores indicates that her phone last pinged at the start of the unaccounted for time, Ooh. and it turned back on at the time when her timeline starts up again. That's really bad. It's really Come fucking on. bad. So he is insisting that the timeline gives her enough time to get to Travis's house, yeah. and she denies hard. So he says, quote, what if I could show you proof that you were there, end quote. Ooh. She goes fucking silent. Does she? Yeah. Wow. She just she shuts up. She shuts the fuck up. And he yeah. says, would that change your mind? Ooh. End quote. So he's like, I'm going to fuck you up. Mm-hmm. And she's like insisting, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. <laughs> so yeah. he tells Jody her that her hair was found there. Yeah. The 25 caliber gun was used to kill him. Yeah. And they know that the the par- the grandparents' 25 caliber gun is missing. Mm-hmm. They have her palm print in her blood. Ooh. So Jodie couldn't Don't keep a story straight to save her life. And that's what it might come down to because Arizona yeah. is a death penalty state. Oh, wow. She gave it a good shot, though. And she <laughs> insisted again and again to Detective Flores. She hadn't seen Travis since, like, March, April. She was like, it's been months. However, Flores had no intention of backing down at all. And he eventually presented her with several of the photos from the night he was killed. He started showing her, like, printed thumbnails of some of the shower pictures. The artistic, so the artistic, tasteful ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She leans in closely to look at them. And then she laughs. She laughed and said, Travis would never go for that. Well, he did. And you took them. Yeah, you were there. Like, you, you were there. So seeing that he wasn't getting anywhere, Flores upped the ante from here. Good. So he laid out an A4 printout of one of the nude photos of Jody, taken uh, while the two were having sex. It was yeah. a nude photo of Jody herself lying spread-eagled on the bed. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. The thing is, like, he covered up her private parts with a sheet of blank paper. So it was just like her face. So he had this photo and he covered it and Mm. he just sort of was like, yeah, there you go. So Jodie 
this is fascinating. If you haven't seen this, mm-hmm. please watch this interview. Watch this exchange take place. Yeah. Because it's fucking insane. She leans in real close and her nose is almost touching the paper. That's pretty she close. She leans in really closely and she goes, <laughs> quote, Wow, that sure looks like me. End quote. Yeah, no shit. Yes, because it is you. But it's the way what? that she's presented with literally a photograph of her. Yeah. And rather than saying, yeah, you caught me, that's me. She's like, she's still trying to lie yeah, by like, saying, oh, it could be. She's like, yeah, that looks like me. Mm. So Can't... this reminds me of the interview with Burke Ramsey with the child psychologist about the bowl of pineapple. I don't know if you've seen this mm. or if you've not seen it. There's I've an seen interview it, but it's been a while. Yeah, so there's a pho- there's an interview of Burke Ramsey as a 9-year-old with a child psychologist and she shows him a picture of the bowl of pineapple that was on the worktop. Yeah. And he literally hovers over the photo. So he like leans over it mm. and he's up in an iron and she's like what's this picture of? And he's like, oh, I don't know what it is. It looks like, maybe it looks like fruit. Is it pineapple? Maybe it is. And it's, but it's this, it's really obvious what it is. And it's like his bowl that's in his hat. He knows exactly what it is. And it's, it's that really obvious feigned ignorance. Mm. Like when you're pretending not to know something and it's really obvious that you know exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's this. Yeah, I'm seeing that. So Flores is like... It is you. Yeah, it's undeniable. So he doesn't give her any room for bullshit. He doesn't play along anymore. The interview lasted for hours. And eventually a female detective was brought in to replace Flores. Wow. So maybe Jodie would talk to a woman. Maybe mm. having a fellow woman would get kind some kind of like camaraderie mm. response. Yeah, maybe. Nope. Maybe not. No. I don't think so. So an interesting thing to know is that during these interviews, Jodie asks multiple times to see the photos the police have in their possession of the day Travis died. I can't tell if she was like half panicking or excited to see them again. This because is because she thought they'd been deleted. I start talking about this. It's oh! weird that you said that. That's Ooh. my next point. Hell yeah. So her reasoning for this is that it's to help her remember whatever the fuck. Oh that my means. god! Yeah. So she starts saying, "Oh, it might help me remember things." If you haven't At seen first, the f- when I first saw this, I thought that she was just being deranged and wanting to relive <laughs> the moment she murdered Travis. I just yeah. thought she just wants to see. The moment she killed him all over again. She just wants to see that. And then I realised that while this might be true, Mm -hmm. it's unlikely to be the only reason. So I think that Jodie wanted to look at the rest of the photos so she knew what information the police had. So by putting the camera in the washing machine, she clearly (laughs) thought that the photos were gone forever. Seeing her nudes on the table was probably like an oh shit moment. I'm just imagining like photos going round and then down the drain. (laughs) Is that what she thought was happening? (laughs) The 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 files are in the computer. Like Like, no, they're still in the washing machine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! So if they have these pictures off the camera, what else do they have? Mm -hmm. It's easier for her to make up a story and lie if she knows what she's working with, if she knows what they already have. Yes. So then she can fit her lies around it to try and explain things away. Mm-hmm. So she asks about the memory card and she actually tries to convince Detective Flores that the memory card could have duplicated old photos by accident or that the dates could be wrong. She really tries everything. Well, I mean, she at least she thought of that to try it. It's, yeah. 
creative and desperate and pathetic and feeble. <laughs> we all hate you. <laughs> we all hate you so much. So after a couple of hours, which is almost three hours of interrogation on the 15th, <laughs> that was the Flores like talks hell. to her about the process for her staying in jail for the night because yeah. she's been arrested and isn't allowed to leave. Mm-hmm. So she, she stops him and oh. she says, quote, I have a really trivial question. And it's going to reveal how shallow I am. Yeah. But before they book me, can I clean myself up a little bit? End quote. Do you mean like because she's stinky or like her makeup? No. She wants to freshen up and put on a bit of makeup before her mugshot photo was taken. Flores later <laughs> said in a media so interview that he'd never been asked that before. Wow. He told Jodie that she would be taken as is. Good. So he, he leaves she the room be. and Jodie puts her hand up to her face and wipes away a couple of tears. <laughs> That's what she cries about. Yeah. So I don't think what she's trying. F- I don't think she's crying for Travis. I no. don't think she's crying out of guilt. I think she's crying because she got caught and she's crying for herself. Yeah. Because once she gets told, you're not going home tonight, you're staying in jail. I think she's yeah. like, fuck, I'm staying in jail. And you're getting your pitch taken with a bare face. No yep. makeup. Nope. Slightly less than five minutes after Flores leaves the room, the mm. tears have stopped and Jodie starts playing with her hair. She giggles to herself. <laughs> yeah, so this is weird. It. This is weird. So I she's literally it. sat in this chair, playing with her hair like this, Giggling. and she she giggles Giggling. to herself. She's like hee hee hee, and says something that sounds like goodness. What? Yep, it's weird. Yeah, it's fucking oh, weird. I just got arrested. Yeah, I watched this a few times, what? and I was like. She really says that, and yeah. she does. I can imagine. But if she puts you, on this like really fucking weird little like teehee voice. Fine, but it seems like she's already passed. She that plays point. with her hair some more, and it looks like she sniffs it. So she, she probably does. So she brings her hair up to her face. The like, last like smell here. of freedom. <laughs> <laughs> almost so, almost <laughs> six minutes after Flores has left the room, Jodie yeah. famously gets up off the chair. And does a headstand against uh, the wall yes. of the room. Yeah. Everyone knows about the headstand thing. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, so I get that there is time for meditation and self reflection everywhere. <laughs> self reflection. So <laughs> this no. moment is infamous <laughs> for just being so bizarre. It's so and the thing, ironic. the thing is, the thing is, yeah. when I first heard about this whole like headstand thing, mm-hmm. like when I first heard about this case, I assumed that she'd been alone between interviews for like a couple of hours yeah. and was starting to just get really bored and looking for something to fill the time with. Yeah, because spending hours alone is kind of boring sometimes. Yeah, and like even if you've been through trauma and shit, if you just got hours by yourself and mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, obviously she fucking killed him but I was yeah. thinking like she's been alone for a couple of hours. If she loves to do yoga and stupid shit like yeah. that anyway, maybe she just fancy doing a headstand it's whatever. It's a comfort zone. Yeah. You go and people don't shut the fuck up about it and I just thought she's clearly just been in this room for hours or whatever yeah but i watched i watched these tapes Mm. and i counted she's been alone for six fucking minutes that's it yeah that's it if i didn't think she was too dumb to realize she was being recorded i think she was showing off for the camera in the room but it doesn't seem like she knows it's there Mm. yeah so about 45 seconds after the headstand yeah she takes a few pieces of paper from the table with the dictaphone on it and starts looking through them and then she starts singing oh holy night to herself (laughs) i mean great song but bad time it's not even christmas it's june wow it's fucking june (laughs) yeah she's crying and she's singing like christmas hymn carols 
So Sing carols. The thing is, they're like, H-Y-M-N, shut up. Hey, so if Jodie was really innocent, I think the trauma of having your boyfriend slash situationship murdered and being arrested for it mm. would traumatise you enough where you wouldn't be able to do yoga and singing in a police interrogation room. Yeah. If something happened to my partner, I'd be a hysterical mess. Yeah. Like, a mess. Mm, for so, sure. I know that everyone reacts differently, blah, blah, blah. But this isn't just differently. Yeah, this She line. is nonchalant. Yeah. This woman does not give she a seems... single fuck. She is bored. She's indifferent. She don't care. She is bored after six minutes of being alone in this room. Yeah, she's one of those attention-loving people. But it's just like... It's weird. Uh, she can't even sit still and be stressed quietly for six minutes. <laughs> exactly. She yeah. just is like sniffing her hair and teeheeing yeah. and handstanding and fucking singing. And it's like, you've literally just been left for your own devices for six minutes. Is this not a stressful situation for you? Can you like, like how bad does it have that? to get mm-hmm. for you to become stressed? She's not stressed. She is fine. Yeah, she she's is absolutely bored. Fine. She's bored. She's just trying to entertain herself. And it's like, so she, after, after all this, mm-hmm. right, she curls up in the chair with her head on her knees in a very dramatic fashion and waits for someone to come in and see her. So the female officer from early comes in to give her shoes and she leads her out of the room. And that's the end of the video for that day. Right. So the following day on July 16th, she's back in the interrogation room once again. This Ooh. time she's in a fresh new outfit. It's orange. Yay! So the female officer from yesterday is present and she introduces herself as Detective Rachel Blaney and she sits down with Jodie across the table from her. So she places a dictaphone on the table and tells Jodie their conversation is being recorded. So Jodie's now like... I'm being recorded. I so can't she even knows ask that time. again. Yeah. Yep. So while Detective Blaney is reading Jodie her rights again, because it's a new interview with a new detective, yeah. Jodie looks chill as fuck. So they're oh, both yeah. sat at this table, right? Mm. She's being read her rights. It's literally, it's not as if Jodie's like a hardened criminal who's heard this a mm. hundred times. Yeah. This is the second time she's ever heard it in two days. Yeah. She's been arrested on first degree murder for killing somebody that she apparently loves. And she is literally sat at this table. She's got, like, one elbow on the table yeah. and her chin in her hand. Yeah. And she's looking at Detective Blaney rather fondly. And it's oh. like, what the fuck? That's, that's odd. You're being interrogated by the police. Yeah. Sit, Sit the up fuck straight. up straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking weird. Now is not the time to be slouching. And so be like, Blaney yeah. starts by complimenting mm-hmm. her a bit. So yesterday she was like, I'm not taking off your handcuffs. Detective Mm -hmm. Flores will do that when he's ready. But today she's like, you're from a good family. You're not stupid. You're probably more Mm. intelligent than you're letting on. So she's lying. Yes. (laughs) But she also says that she's certain that Jodie took Travis's life. Yeah. So she's not saying, I think you're innocent, yeah. but she's still, like, giving us some, like, good compliments and shit while yeah. saying, you killed him. Yeah. So Blaney also introduces the idea that Jodie's a victim of circumstance and that she might have killed Travis due to circumstances that got out of control. Yeah. So she's trying to, like, coax something out of her, whether it's exactly true or not. Yeah. It's just somewhere to start. They need her to say something. Mm-hmm. So after a couple of hours, Jodie asks for Flores to come back. Oh. Did she miss him? I think so. And Bill. Blaney obliges and goes to get him. So Jodie yeah. asks again when Flores comes back <laughs> if she can see photos. 
Oh, for God's sake. So she wants why? to... She wants to see. So she oh, asks her here, priority. But it's her priority. No, why? How? Because she wants what she wants. She doesn't make sense. <laughs> so she asks Detective Flores to see photos of the scene after they had found him. Not just the photos she that she took to on the that. camera. She wants to see Travis and the crime scene after the police had found him on the She's night. She's disgusting. Yeah. So she says that she wants this, quote, foreclosure. He's like, no. No. I feel like Detective Flores needs a spray bottle. Yeah. So, like, Put every time she asks for the photos, just spritz her with it like she's a naughty cat. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Shut up. <laughs> so yeah. she's like, I want to see it. He's like, I want. He needs a fucking spray bottle. So. He tries a different tactic after a couple of hours. So a couple of hours of this just going around in circles. Nothing's getting God. anywhere. Yeah. He's like, are you protecting someone else? <laughs> yeah. So he pushes this angle for a bit. That's good. And she sits there and she like sighs really heavily. She's like, hold on. <sighs> and you can almost hear her brain coming up with a story. She's quiet for ages and you can almost hear the little hamster on the wheel like creaking its last legs. Coming like, up Come on, something with Jody. Something. Just say something. <laughs> like you need to say something. Is this is this the bit Yes. Yes it is. So <laughs> I was waiting for you to enjoy this bit. So she says eventually, mm. after she's come up with another fabrication, yeah. she's like I didn't tell you everything. There is like something I didn't tell you. She's being very coy. Oh, she's being honest she's being now, very though. Co- I mean, she's being honest in the fact that I didn't tell you everything because yeah, the yeah. truth is I fucking murdered no, Travis. But she really wants us to listen to her. So, but she's to, being really coy his. because she's trying to buy time because she's not finished thinking up a story oh, yet. She's stalling. Yeah. So after a lot of long periods of silence mm. and like, uh, there's something <laughs> I have to tell you. She tells Flores in a hushed whisper, quote, they know where I live, end quote. Who is they? So the story that she comes up with is fucking batshit insane. She says that two intruders came into Travis's house when she was there before going ahead to Utah. Mm. So she was like, yeah, I called in at Travis's house. We fucked on his bed. And then two intruders came in. Oh, Oh my God. That's Would you believe it? Two against two? Would you believe it? So the first thing, (laughs) The huge thing is that she's admitted that she was there. Yeah, that's not April, that's June. Yeah, so like <laughs> this whole time she's nice been one, like, Jody, you dumb. So bitch. this whole time she's been like, I haven't seen him for like three months. Oh my god, I just went to Utah. Leave me alone. And she's actually finally admitting now that she was in the house day two on the she's day he died. So she's folded handcuffs. like a house of cards. Yep. So two people busted in through the front door. Yeah. A man and a woman. They oh. were both wearing black balaclavas. <laughs> they Scary. went through Jody's handbag and they Together? found. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, just... <laughs> I think it was just. I think it was just. I think it was just. I don't know. Every every bag has got to have one. If it doesn't have a zippy bit, I don't, don't want that buy fucking it. bag. No, it needs a zippy shit. bit to put like a spare 20p in and a tampon or something. And, like, a three-year-old bus ticket. (laughs) Okay, okay, we get the idea. So, the guy went through the handbag. The guy ninja. The guy ninja went through... (laughs) (laughs) Is that from Bailey's thing, the ninjas? 
Because Jody never calls them ninjas, but you've referred oh, to them as ninjas. I yeah. think this is like a Bailey joke. It must be. I yeah. think it is. Like, Bailey's like, they were ninjas. <laughs> In that way that she does. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, so... These intruders, yeah. So they went through Jody's handbag and found her ID. And the ID was like her driver's license and it had her parents' address on it. Oh. So the guy held a gun to Travis and Whoa. the woman had a knife. And Jody fought with the woman. The woman that's said so that Jody had to die because she's a witness. <laughs> but the male intruder was like, no, that's not why we're here. Seriously. Check the zippy bit, darling. <laughs> and then, and then he held up Jody's ID and was like, we know where you live. This is you. <laughs> like, well, yeah. And then they just let her go. So the male intruder shot Travis in the head. And Travis was crawling on his hands and knees, screaming in pain. Well, Jody ran and she didn't look back. She blacked out. She found herself in the desert in her car without knowing how she got there. She obviously just had some kind of mental breakdown and drove to the desert and couldn't remember anything in between. Then, after that, yeah. she drove to Utah and hung out with Ryan Burns like nothing was wrong. Oh, What wow. a believable story. I mean, I'm convinced. I believe that. So yep. this is the end of the episode. That's what happened. Are you being serious? No, of course not. <laughs> no, honestly, that's how it felt the first time you said that. <laughs> oh, I was like, week, no, it's not. We yeah. ended. Oh, right, yeah, and, sorry. And now... No, 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 we're not done that yet. Back. Um, Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so on the 5th of September, yeah. she was extradited back to Arizona. <laughs> they were like... I hope she gets plenty. You're soon. staying in jail. <laughs> <laughs> staying in these cups. So, no so she lived in jail for quite a while yeah she entered a not guilty plea she was like i didn't do it <laughs> and she continued to keep going on the story that the masked intruders had killed travis yeah. so a few weeks after she was booted to arizona she mm-hmm. did her first tv interview for inside edition she <gasps> oh. told the reporter that masked intruders had killed travis and she was there yeah. it definitely seemed like she enjoyed being in front of the cameras and she was very calm and very put together while talking to the reporter and it's really fucking weird yeah because it's strange I think she's I know the so, one you're talking about. Like, chill about it. Mm-hmm. She's so chill. Is this this might be the interview that the behavior panel looked at? Yeah, they looked at a couple. I think this was on. She's sat on the left. I don't know, okay. but I think this might be one of the ones they looked at. Mm-hmm. The thing is, this wouldn't be her only brush with TV. Nope. Because almost a year later, in June 2009, she talked with 48 Hours. Yeah. She said, "Quote." I heard a really loud pop, and the next thing I remember, I was lying next to the bathtub and Travis was screaming. End quote. I didn't know there was a bathtub. I didn't either, but apparently there is. Okay. So, she said the gun jammed and she fled at this point, and she never called the police because she was ashamed that she left in there, and scared because they knew where she lived. And also, she just sort of hoped, like, if she carried on like normal, it would be like nothing ever happened. I feel like she left a lot of things out on purpose. I feel like she also did, but she actually fucking said that on TV. Can you believe it? (laughs) No. So, later that year, in December, this is a fucking, like, this is one of those fucking things where it's like, is this real life, or is this some sort of, like, weird Matrix simulation? Yeah. So, in December, she won a Christmas carol singing contest in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if they've got to entertain themselves somehow. But it's just kind of like... How fucking weird is it that she was singing Oh Holy Night when she gets booked? Yeah. It becomes one of the most famous weird things about this case. I mean, she's obviously just planning ahead. <coughs> and then she ends up winning this. With that song. 
I don't know what song it was. She was rehearsing, I think. But like, I she, think she got. Knew but like, cooked. she won a. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> yeah. Because she got a Christmas stocking and a turkey dinner out of it. <laughs> and you just said her goose was cooked. <laughs> you just said her goose was cooked. And she won a turkey dinner for stinking Christmas. <laughs> it sure was cooked. And she knew that in June. <laughs> So, right, Sensible Face is back on. Yes. In August 2011, this is still fucking going. Yeah. This is like three years after Travis died, and this trial has still not happened yet. So in August 2011, Jodie said she wants to represent herself. Good. Like all fucking yes. narcissistic criminals do. I love it when they do They want to do it. Because they know better than everyone else. That's oh, yeah, smarter than they know else. the law. The judge was like, yeah, sure. But <laughs> he made her public defender stick around as advisors to help her out because let's face it, she would definitely fucking need it. Yeah, she would be talking forever to herself. Yeah, a week after this, she requested to admit letters into evidence. Ooh. These letters are online and you can read bits of them if you like. It's really interesting and really weird. So... <laughs> These letters are apparently written by Travis to Jodie, but Jodie didn't have them. Her ex-boyfriend, Matt McCartney, had them. Oh. And he, do you um, remember Matt McCartney? Yeah. was the, the trailer the roommate. roommate. Of the vampire. Yeah. He was the <laughs> vampire's trailer roommate. <laughs> yeah, I remember. This whole story is like the biggest it just fucking sounds, shit show. Yeah. Sounds- so he had them, and he gave them to Jodie and her legal team. The prosecutor, Juan Martinez, had the letters examined and they were determined to be forgeries. Mm -hmm. But what was in the letters and why did Jodie want them admitted into evidence? So the letters from Travis, quote, Mm. talked about occasions when he'd been physically violent towards her. And in these letters, Travis, in fucking massive air quotes, Mm. also admitted to being a paedophile. Basically... I'm not saying that Matt McCartney wrote those letters for oh, Jodie. I'm no. not saying he did that because not I, I'm not allowed. No. But someone... Who isn't Travis. Who isn't Travis, or apparently Matt McCartney, mm. wrote those letters to make him look just like the worst person you can think of. Yeah. So Juan Martinez told Matt McCartney that if he was to testify about the letters in open court, that he would be charged with perjury. Ooh. Consequently, the thing about the letters was dropped... And Matt McCartney never testified in court. Some wow. people think that this is because Matt forged them for Jodie and brought them to her, mm. trying to get her off on a lighter sentence. Yeah. After this whole fiasco, mm-hmm. the judge decided that actually Jodie wasn't fit to represent herself. <laughs> she was clearly in way over her head and had no idea what the fuck she was doing. Yeah, it seems a lot to take on. However, Jodie wasn't done. She said that the letters had to be admitted because they were crucial to her defence. No, they're not. So the thing is, like, how on earth is this related to two intruders coming in and killing Travis? How are those two things related? I don't know. They're not. Because, you see, her story was about to change again. Oh, great. That's just what we need. This time, Jodie admitted to killing Travis herself. Ooh. So she said, she was like, I lied. <laughs> I haven't told you everything. Yeah, basically, I she was like, there were no intruders. So she says, yeah. this really pisses me off. She said that she was a domestic violence victim and that she killed him in self-defense. Mm-hmm. He became violent when she dropped his camera and she had no choice but to kill him in order to save her own life. 
Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So, in the end, this faff went on for five years. The setup what? for this trial lasted five... Not even the trial starting. In between her getting arrested and the trial starting was five fucking years. I know, I know. Like... I know. I can't... I know! I can't talk from his series, but I, know. I, I get it. Yeah. So, Juan Martinez went for the death penalty, and he played segments of Jody's 48 Hours TV interview in his opening statement. Ooh. So, he wanted to show how remorseless and attention-seeking she was. Yeah. So, it was only the second day of the trial that Detective Flores was called to testify. The prosecution was clearly not wasting time. Ooh, no. So, Martinez asked Flores about the phone call he first had with Jody on the 10th of June, when she first inserted herself into the investigation. Mm. Interestingly... Flores revealed that during that first call, Jody even asked him what kind of weapon was used <laughs> and whether any weapon was found at the scene. Oh my god. Could she get more reviews? A segment of the call was played to the courtroom and she did not sound very distressed at all asking these questions. Yeah, I imagine it to be fairly chill asking about this She stuff. was, basically. Because she already knew the answers to them. Yeah. Mm. The thing is, like, the gun and the knife was never found. And that's Basically because on the way between Arizona and Utah, there was a lot of desert and Jody blatantly at some point just oh, like stopped on the way and just it? tossed it. Mm. But there's so much ground to cover, it's never been found. Imagine if you were that one person that did come across it. Like, oh, shit, I mean, maybe this. one day it'll be found, but it's never maybe. been found yet because no. there is just so much distance there. There's a ton of land there. There's a lot, yeah. And nobody yeah. knows at what point she stopped. Yeah, exactly. So you'd have to stop like every footstep and then yeah. check it. Yeah, and it's like, how far can she throw? Did she drive off the road to h- bury it or hide it and then get back on the road, or did she mm. just chuck it out? We mm-hmm. don't know. Uh, but it's never been found. Mm. So, as the defense's whole argument was that Jodie was a victim of domestic violence and that she killed Travis in self-defense, they had to paint a picture of Travis being this awful person and they started with their cross-examination of Detective Flores. Right. So it never really looks good for a defense when they literally start criticising the person the who got murdered. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's kind of yeah. gross. It's gross and it's very weak. So they got him to read some of the emails that were found on Travis's computer, mm-hmm. explicit ones between himself and Jody, where he... Also, I'm just going to interrupt myself for a moment. So you know how the letters that were totally not forged by Matt McCartney yeah. is basically Travis admitting to being a pedo? Yeah. They never found any kind of dodgy shit on his computer. Obviously, as a murder victim, they looked through his computer. Yeah, they found course. regular stuff like porn, yeah. because he's a, a regular human person, Yeah. but they didn't find any child sex abuse material or anything illegal or Mm -hmm. nothing like that and it's like if any of that was true it would have it would have been fucking there it would there would have been at least like internet searches or something there'd have been some kind of there was nothing no there was nothing at all and i just wanted to make it obvious that there was nothing yeah thank you so they found they did find explicit emails sent between travis and jody where he referred to her as a slut and a whore you have to bear in mind that these are, like, dirty messages. Some people like that kind of thing. From yeah. my perspective, it just seems... I, I've I've read these. I've read the, the court transcripts. It just sounds like dirty talk. Yeah. But they tried to make it normal. sound as though he was, like, belittling her and trying to make her feel worthless. And mm. some of his friends did say that sometimes he did speak, like, shit about women. And yeah. maybe he... Maybe he did. We don't know what his intentions were. 
No. To me, it just reads like dirty talk, yeah. but I don't know. I'm not Same. Travis. I don't know. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no. Um, but anyway, that's that's mm-hmm. that. So on day three, Dr. Yeah. Kevin Horn was called to the stand. So he works for the Maricopa County Medical Examiner's Office. Ooh. They examined photos of Travis's body and discussed the injuries in detail. <gasps> so as we said when we were discussing the injuries earlier, it was impossible to see damage to the brain caused by the bullet as decomposition had eradicated much of the brain matter by this point. Yeah. Dr. Horn testified that if the bullet did travel through the front section of the brain, it was likely to have incapacitated Travis very quickly. The prosecution's argument in terms of a timeline with this information was that while Jodie was taking pictures, she surprised Travis with a knife while he was vulnerable in the shower. Then after stabbing him multiple times and him fighting back, getting defensive wounds, he escaped into the hallway. She chased him down, slit his throat, shot him in the head. Then she dragged him back to the shower store as we see in the photos and left him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, it's impossible to know. And of course, this could be what happened. Mm-hmm. However, based on the photos of the evidence, I actually have a different theory. Ooh. And I want to mention it. I'm interested in hearing so, that. I'm curious. So there are some people, me included, who think the gunshot came first. Ooh. So I will... Go over this. Yeah. So the last photo taken of Travis, alive and well and chilling, is him sitting on the floor of the shower stall. Mm-hmm. So I think she asked him to sit for the photo because they were doing the photo session. Yeah. And I think the gun, because she stole the gun from her grandparents' house. She clearly had the forethought, I'm going to kill him. Just think, right, so let's say that you are dating this guy who is like 6'2", mm-hmm. he's quite big, you are you. Yeah. If you have access to either a knife or a gun to kill him with, which one are you going to choose? This guy's enormous. I might take both. Yeah, but I mean, if you have that, like, one chance... Yeah, I'd go with the gun. You'd go with the gun. Like, there is no way that I would choose stabbing someone yeah. much bigger than me if I have a gun as an option. If you can stay a bit further away... And you can, it gives you, you more distance. Yeah. There's more damage. Mm-hmm. Go with the gun. Yeah. So I think that she went there with the intention of shooting him. It would be much quicker. It would be much safer for her. Mm-hmm. That too. Like, that's what I think. It's kind of a foolproof thing to do. Yeah. It's, Unfortunately, it's Jody is a bit of a fool, so it wasn't entirely foolproof. Yeah. Um, I think the gun was hidden maybe in the waistband or under a towel or something like that. Yeah. I think she dropped the camera resulting in the photo of the ceiling. Mm. And while he was on the floor, because she was taking all these pictures of him to get him in this vulnerable position, yeah. I think that she was like, "Oh, let's have one where you're sitting on the shower floor. Oh, like that's to, cool like, him. to get him down on the floor, yeah. so she could reach his head easily." Yeah. So I think at this point, mm-hmm. she got the gun, dropped the camera, and shot him in the head. However, this would explain the downward trajectory of yeah. the bullet. However, the shot was not aimed correctly. And rather than going through his brain and killing him, yeah. it sort of skimmed through the inside of his face and ended up in his cheek where it was recovered from. Ooh. He would have been in agony. So yeah, remember definitely. remember her intruder story. She said that Travis was shot in the head and ended up crawling around on the floor screaming in pain. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a little nugget of truth. Yeah, it sounds true. I think that this happened, but mm-hmm. she's lying and saying that someone else did it. Mm-hmm. But I think... That when she's telling this story, that particular thing is something that she's recalling. I think that that's a true memory. Mm-hmm. Because if, think about it. If you were going to describe from your imagination someone yeah. getting shot in the head, you would not assume that they live. No. 
if someone gets shot in the head, you would assume that they would die pretty immediately. But for her to say that Travis got shot in the head and then continued to crawl around is like, you wouldn't think that. But the fact that he had an injury, which may have just skimmed through his facial bones, makes you think maybe that is actually what happened. Um, She also said in in the story that the gun jammed. I think it did. Because she said that they tried to shoot her and the gun True. jammed. Yeah. And this so, is just that she tried to fire another shaft of her. Exactly. One so I think she tried to shoot him again mm. and it failed. I think at this point, while he's incapacitated on the floor, yeah. she went for the knife. He gets part way down the hall, yeah. getting away from her, mm-hmm. and she's stabbing him, inflicting the wounds on his back as he crawls away. He tries yeah. to fight her off, and she finished him off by cutting his throat while he was in this seriously weakened state. Mm-hmm. She then drags him back to the shower, as evidenced in the photos, and leaves him there. Yeah. Because in the photos in the hallway, when he's lying on his back, his head is elevated. I think that she's got him by the hair, and I ah. think she's dragging him down the hallway. Yeah. Because her like foot is behind his head and i think she's got right. him and is dragging him back yeah um yeah that's what i think that's the way i think it went that's, down that's a good theory. Um, i have to give that some more reflection and probably end up agreeing with that well we don't know sense. but that's just what i think mm-hmm. because as well I think know. about it the bullet casing was found in the bathroom yeah. so if she like chased him shot, down the hallway and shot him there you'd think the bullet casing would be in the hallway Exactly, it'd be in the same room area, and it's not. But yeah, so, the trial also brought up several other interesting things. So remember, for example, how Jodie said to Ryan Burns the next day that she cut her fingers on a broken glass at work? Yes. So, she told Ryan Burns that she worked at a place called Margaritaville in Wairika. That sounds fun. It turns out that there was nowhere in Wairika called Margaritaville. Well, now I'm sad. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so psychologists for the defence and the prosecution disagreed on whether um, Jodie had PTSD and amnesia or not. The defence right, was like, yeah. she has PTSD and amnesia. Mm. And the prosecution was like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> like, so the prosecution psychologist, Dr. DeMarte, did indeed suggest that she also had um, bipolar personality disorder. No, borderline personality. Sorry, I put BPD <laughs> in my brain, just fucking uh, went off. Yeah. So... Um, Dr. DeMarte suggested that she actually had um, borderline personality disorder, which kind of tracks. I kind of think so. Um, A really key part of the prosecution's argument for first-degree murder is proving intent and forethought. Yes. So, first-degree is you plan this shit. Mm -hmm. The gas cans were pivotal here. Those two gas cans? Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that she wanted to have enough gas without having to stop at a gas station on the way and get caught on CCTV, she wanted to do the whole journey as under the radar as possible. So she went from point A to point B Mm -hmm. with Arizona in the middle, but like way out of the way. So that nobody would just suspect she went there because it was so out of the way. No one is a person drives like that. Ever. So Jodie actually took the stand herself and she was on there for ages. So Sophie, I want you to guess how long her testimony lasted for. Like how many days of court time was she testifying on the stand for? Just any open number? Yeah. No multiple choice. No, 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 no. Just just like, like Detective Flores was on the stand. He was on there on day two and he also went on it for like another day at some point. Yeah. So how many days do you think that she was sat on the stand doing her testimony for? Okay, about 
14. 19 days. She's 19 days is unusually high. Yeah. So the court heard tons of stuff, mostly details about their sex life. After mm. all, this controversy was a huge talking point. Yeah. They were Mormons and they loved freaky sex. It was, <laughs> people were interested. Like a lot of, yeah. I've seen some of the American like talk shows and like, you know, like morning news shows and stuff. Mm. They're all fucking obsessed with it. Oh my God, like all them. these like really outraged, conservative, <laughs> like pearl clutching Americans just yeah. talking about. Just like yelling, just about naturally shocked, like oh, they did the sex. Yeah, they, they, they <laughs> but did. it's it's really something. So it's <laughs> almost sweet. At one point, the court listened to a full hour of phone sex recorded over just one call that Jodie <laughs> recorded herself. That's so and weird some to people think that. some people oh. think this was recorded so she could eventually blackmail him. That doesn't shock me. Yeah, because she was like, Honestly. she was obviously the other woman. And she wanted him all to herself. So if she had proof that, like, she was doing all kinds of dodgy things behind, like, their backs, and it would ruin his reputation at church as well. She was if she had this leverage on him, upping the ante yeah, with what she was doing. Um, she never got to blackmail him though, because she fucking murdered him instead. Yeah, so does. one part of the call, I want to mention this because it's on like every fucking documentary out there. So I just want to mention it. Mm. One part of the call was Travis saying that when Jodie's excited, she sounds like quote a twelve-year-old girl having her first orgasm end quote, and that he liked that. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. So this is clearly really seedy and ick, and yeah, I I hate it. I it's it's gross. It's, gross. it's that Travis. Yeah. That's a really fucking gross thing to say. That's like, not cool. Don't say that shit. No. Uh, the defense would obviously use this to make him look like a bad person. Mm-hmm. So like I've said before, Travis was not perfect. He was a two timer. Mm. He was cheating on all these women. Yeah. He made repeated terrible decisions. He seemed kind of full of himself. Yeah. But nobody deserves to get butchered like an animal in their own home. Definitely not. Just no. because he did some dumb shit doesn't mean that this was okay. No, not at all. So the trial lasted for a total of five months. Which, considering that it took five years to set it up, five months is really not that long, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yep, um, on the short. 7th of May, after the jury had been deliberating for 15 hours, they came back with a guilty verdict. Ooh, yeah. So Jody was found to be eligible for the death penalty. Oh. At the penalty phase, Jodie got even more cringy and narcissistic <laughs> and weird. So she brought in a box of t-shirts with the oh, word... Oh, no, don't. With this shit. Don't bother. <laughs> so she... Don't no, I'm going to say it. So she brought in a box of t-shirts with the word Survivor printed on it. And she said that they were for sale. So all the proceeds were to be donated to victims of domestic abuse. Well, like her lawyer. <laughs> so... Let's just get this straight. She yep. viciously killed her partner, mm-hmm. is pretending to be a victim of domestic violence, brings in merch to shill to back up her victim narrative. Survivor. How disconnected from reality is this fucking woman? Way too disconnected. It's insane. And So the thing is, she kept doing more interviews and plastering her own face on whatever camera lens she could get in front of. The sentencing phase ended up resulting in a hung jury, so they tried again the next year in 2014, Mm. and eventually, after months of arguments back and forth, she was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. And she is housed in the Arizona Department of Corrections in Perryville, where she lives to this day. Woo! Good. And that's it. Hooray. So I hope you enjoyed the telling of that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm really sleepy, sorry. I'm really tired, I want to go to bed. Yeah, let's go to bed. Um, but yeah, I hope that... Did you learn anything about this case that you didn't know before? I did. Good. It was It was nice to hear it from you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> but no, this woman is honestly like half-dried chewing gum on the bottom of your shoe. You just need to get rid of it. You just ASAP. need to get rid of that shit. Get rid of the whole fucking thing. Just get rid of the shoe. She's a stain on humanity, and I'm glad she's away. Yeah, for she the is, rest of her life, yeah, she doesn't she's deserve her freedom. I did see a couple of things where, like, some women that she's been housed with in jail just talk about like what a narcissist and attention-seeker and a weirdo she is. Wow. And I've not really looked into that shit because I wanted to focus on like the crime itself, but mm-hmm. I guess I could have. I'm just too tired. Yeah. Um, was- but yeah, like apparently she's still a fucking nutcase, and she's still obsessed with herself. Gonna, <laughs> I don't and think I don't, it's ever gonna stop. No, I don't think she's ever gonna stop being obsessed with herself. I think she just genuinely either. can't help that. No, because there are some people that are just naturally they just they're so ingrained on focusing on themselves. It's just yeah the way they exist. Does she, that make sense? She definitely exists that way. It's weird. Yeah, it's not voluntary. They just are like that. Yeah, that's my take on her in a nutshell. I think you're right. Thank you. <laughs> is there anything that you want to add before we sign off? Um, I hope that you like this. I hope that yeah. this has been illuminating. And but it's just such a weird fucking story. She's a weird. It's just person. she's a weird person, and it's the way that she just like the whole time from start to finish. Every dumb shitty thing she did, she was like, "This is fine." She just throws herself into people's lives and then makes it worse for them. Yeah, but she 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 just assumes that she can do whatever she wants without any consequences at all. Yeah. Like growing weed in a Tupperware in her mum's attic. She was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> my parents didn't like me breaking the law. They're mean." Yeah. How dare and they? then she's like, "Travis doesn't want me sneaking in through his dog door and sleeping in his in his wardrobe. That's mean." <laughs> she doesn't want me to wanna like, be a real like, woman, like, like he doesn't you know. want to like have his tires slashed on a weekly basis. He wants a girlfriend that isn't me. Yeah, no. And then, but yeah, it's just everything she does. She's just a nightmare about it. She's really, really one of those that just needs to be kept away from everyone else. And some of you may be surprised to hear that I'm not like, oh, it's so sad she didn't get the death penalty. I couldn't get. Oh a yeah, vote. because you fucking love the death penalty. Yeah, apparently. But no, I'm happy for her to not die instantly. Yeah. You know, she should sit there for a good sixty years, going grey, wrinkly, forgetful, with no makeup. Yeah, no makeup. Just no. Sit and think about what you did. You sit and think about what you did. Yeah. Yeah, she should. She's old enough. Well, I'm sure... I wonder if she's... I hope she's having a bad day today. She's probably doing headstands. Probably. Like, I'm bored. And then just does a 180. Headstand. Because you don't usually stand on your head. You usually stand on your feet. Oh the 180. Well, a- you know what? I'm just going to stop you right there. I'm just going to. I know you're tired. I'm just going to stop. confused right now. <laughs> I think that this is it for today. It is a great episode. I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough <laughs> talking about Jodie Arias. Yeah, she you. sucks. She does suck. All right, hope- Travis. I hope that Jodie's having a terrible day today. I hope that. Mm-hmm. I hope she shits a bed. <laughs> and that she has the top bunk. And her bottom bunkmate is gonna let her know how she feels. <laughs> bottom bunkmate's gonna be like, fuck you. Like, clean it before I shank you. Anyway, 
Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. I hope guys. that you enjoyed my telling of that story. I hope mm-hmm. that you learned something new about life. <laughs> about life. <laughs> and about crime. <laughs> life and crime. Oh my god, I'm not going to get enough sleep tonight. I have to be up for work in the morning. Oh. Uh, Make that to us. It's okay. We've got each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my sentiment to you and you're like, Right. <laughs> Whatever. Let's sign off. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Bye bye.